You are listening to audio from Hyde Park Baptist Church in Lumberton, North Carolina. You can join us each Sunday morning at 1045 Eastern Standard Time at hydepark.online.church. And I don't even remember to turn the microphone on this morning. Um, Are you truly worshiping him? I'm supposed to preach out Galatians, Galatians 4 today. You can turn over there if you'd like. <clears throat> and I plan to. But if the Holy Spirit has another plan, I'm okay with that too. The worries and the burdens of this life shrink in comparison to that moment when we're standing before Christ. But it's not just until we stand before him that those things can shrink in comparison to the greatness of who he is. I, I, I don't know what burden you're carrying this morning. I don't know what's weighing you down. I just know that this world has a tendency to weigh us down. And I don't know if it's your family, your marriage, your kids, your grandkids, your job. I, I don't know what it is. But in the light of a God who has created the universe and spoken into existence, in the light of a God who controls all time and space, in the light of a God who is sovereign and provident, in the light of a God who keeps every promise, keeps, makes promises, and keeps every single one of them, the God who will ensure that I, not because of my works, not because I'm a good man, I'm not, but because of the goodness that was imparted to me by Christ, the transformation that occurred in my life when I put my faith in Jesus, I will stand in that place that is described in the book of Revelation, not because I earned it, but because it was given to me by a good father. And if I drop dead in front of you today, if my heart stops beating in my chest today, don't you fret over me because I am perfectly fine. My life does not end when I stop breathing. My life continues and so does yours. The question is, is do you know where you will spend eternity? You see, everything we've been singing about this morning, talking about this king, well, he's coming back. Make no mistake about it, he's coming back. And he is going to make the wrong things right because that's what he does. And every single human being will have to give an account to him Every single human being will bow their knee to him, whether you believe in him now or not. You will bow that knee. I choose to bow my knee now. I chose to bow my knee when I was 16 years old. But you will bow your knee, either by force or in this life, by the drawing of the Holy Spirit. Folks, this is not something to play around with. We're not playing church here. If you're a guest today, welcome to Hyde Park. Uh, we try to be real with one another and real before the Holy Spirit. We don't always do a great job of that. Sometimes we put on a mask and try to hide it. But the fact is, the fact is, we believe God's Word and we take Him at His Word. And that, that stirring that is happening in your heart right now, that's not just because the team did a great job. That's, that's the Holy Spirit working in your life. You need to recognize it for what it is. The Holy Spirit is influencing you, drawing you. Don't turn the blind eye to that whether you're a follower of Jesus or whether you're not. If the Holy Spirit's dealing with your heart, look, let's just be real for a moment. If the Holy Spirit's dealing with your heart, don't be worried about who's sitting next to you and what they might think. What in the world? 
Is that not the most foolish thing you've ever thought of? Think about this. The Holy Spirit is dealing with your heart, wanting you to respond to the good gift of his grace. And what are we thinking about? Well, that person over there, I don't know what they might think. Is that not the most insane thing you've ever thought? That's what the Holy Spirit does. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it's what Satan does, but the Holy Spirit drawing you to himself. That's what he does, working in your heart. Don't ignore that. That was for somebody today, and that wasn't planned. But it was for somebody today. Galatians chapter 4, verse 8. We've been walking through the book of Galatians, this letter that Paul wrote, one of his first letters, the earliest writing in the New Testament, the letter to the church of Galatia. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not God's. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn your back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world? Whose slaves you want to be once more. You observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid I may have labored over you in vain. Brothers, I entreat you to become as I am, for I also have become as you are. You did me no wrong. You know it was because of a bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you at first. And though my condition was a trial to you, you did not scorn or despise me, but rather you received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus. What then has become of your blessedness? For I testify to you that, if possible, you would have gouged out your eyes and given them to me. Have I then become your enemy? By telling you the truth, they make much of you, but for no good purpose. They want to shut you out that you may make much of them. It is always good to be made much of for a good purpose, and not only when I am present with you, my little children for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. I wish I could be present with you now and change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. Father, guide us in your word this morning. May the light of glory and grace, the light of your face, the power of who you are. Father, may you be exalted here. And, and in that moment, all of the cares of this world and the addictions and the lust and the things that our flesh is running after, may they not only become very small, but that, Father, in that moment, we just simply repent. Father, thank you for your power and presence here. Have your will in your way. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. I was a little bit uh, on defense about whether I wanted to start out with this illustration because I don't want to perpetuate any kind of conspiracy theories or anything, but nonetheless, what I found out in the first service, this is not an isolated incident. So my dad and I were talking on the phone. This has been several months ago. And uh, my dad's 86 years old, and he's always planning. He's always planning. Uh, like he's going to live another 60 years or something. And he and I were talking on the phone, and he had uh, seen this uh, portable sawmill that a buddy of his had bought. And he went over there and saw this guy using this sawmill. And he's just enthralled with a portable sawmill. So he calls me up. We're talking, talking out. Let me just say, I have never in my life even thought about buying a portable sawmill. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to off-bear a sawmill. If you know what that is, I used to do that when I was a kid. It was not fun. I left that in my past, and thankfully so. Uh, but here's my dad talking about he was wanting to buy a sawmill. I've never searched sawmills. I've never looked at sawmills online. I have no idea anything about portable sawmills. But my dad and I are having a conversation on my phone, my cell phone, about portable sawmills. 
And this conversation goes on for about 20 minutes. Well, a strange thing happens. The very next day when I'm on my, no, it was the same day. The very same day I'm on my cell phone looking for something and I go to this website, you're going to be shocked. Guess, <laughs> apparently you're not shocked. Okay. All right, I guess I'm living under a rock somewhere, but get this. Out of nowhere, ads start popping up for, you guessed it, portable sawmills. Now, some would say, oh, that's just a coincidence. Or there's that moment when you sit back and you see this, and it wasn't just one website, it's multiple websites. You sit back in your chair and go, oh, my goodness, my technology is listening to me. That kind of freaks you out a little bit, doesn't it? It freaked me out. Now, if you go Google search this, there's one party that says, oh, no, 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 no. This thing is looking at all that you look at online, and it kind of figured out that one day you might be interested in a portable sawmill. That's one option. Or, in fact, there are apps on my phone that are actually listening to me. That Alexa that's in your house, you start asking, hey, play, uh, play some Christian music from King and Country. And it begins to build this profile that says, oh, you, you like Christian stuff. So you might like this and you might like that. And the next thing you know, you're getting all these recommendations. And guess what? Here's the next part of this. Uh, when you bought the Alexa and you were going through the setup, it, it had this thing come up where it has these like 1,800 paragraphs you're supposed to read. It's like the user license. And I know you read every bit of that, right? You read all that. No, you do what I do. You check the little box. And, and hit continue, because I ain't got time to read all that mess. I'm sure it's okay. Well, when you clicked okay and you clicked yes, guess what you did? You said, hey, I'm giving you permission to watch everything I'm doing so you can help my online experience be better. You see, they're wanting to influence you. They're wanting you to buy products, but I would say to you that there are things online that's trying to not only influence you to buy products, they're trying to influence you to change your worldview about what you believe to be true and, and a lie. And you might be wondering, well, what kind of harm can be done if I'm simply scrolling YouTube? Now, look, you know, I, look, I, I, full, full disclosure, you get me looking at uh, backpacking, camping, and hiking stuff. You get me looking at motorcycles, or you get me looking at carpentry, and I'm right there with you scrolling all. I can, oh man, I can spend hours. And all of a sudden, I come to myself and go, Where did those two hours go? But eventually, what happens is it's not just, you know, backpacking stuff. The next thing you know, a, a video will come up and it'll say, Is Christianity true? Can the Bible be believed? And there's some guy or some lady who looks very attractive and they're on there telling you that, that anyone who believes in the Bible is ignorant and foolish and, and it's only 30 seconds and it was on your TikTok feed so you just keep scrolling and you think, oh, no big deal. You just keep on going. You see, there's an influence. And what's behind that influence comes from darkness. I'm not here to uh, paint a picture of the boogeyman this morning. I'm here to tell you the truth. And what's amazing is, is that same kind of influence was in the church at Galatia all those many years ago. The same type of people trying to influence others towards darkness. When I was a kid, I used to watch Saturday morning cartoons. Now, only a few in the room know what I'm talking about. But trust me, there was Saturday morning and from about 8 till about 11, there was all these cartoons. And I would sit there and consume them like crazy, Right? 
And it was no mistake that when I watched those cartoons, there would be commercials for sugary silver cereal that I would go to my mom and say, I got to have that or some kind of candy or something. Toys, that was all that was there because they knew who their audience was. They knew who was watching TV from 8 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. on Saturday. It was kids, and those kids have a lot of influence in their parents' life. But listen, folks, what was happening on that Saturday morning certainly was influenced, but let me tell you what's happening today. It's that on steroids to the thousandth degree. You'd be amazed at how much people, those online, know about you, about what you like, what you don't like, about your hobbies. Paul has been walking us through this letter, and, and he, has, he has confronted head-on what these false teachers in this church is teaching. He's revealed it very clearly by the fact that he's pushing back on this idea that, that you can somehow add some kind of work to the grace of God in your life, that, that you can take the gospel, and that the gospel somehow needs some work that you do added to it for you to be right with God. So the idea goes that Following Jesus is not enough. Putting your faith in him is not enough. That you, that you must do some kind of work, some kind of action. And that that action is meant to impress God. And those actions were determined by the law, the Mosaic law, which included ceremonial laws and civil laws and moral laws. And if you did them, and you did them perfectly, and you did them consistently, then all of a sudden, God in heaven, the creator of the universe, is so impressed with you, so impressed. He said, well, sure. Come on in. You're, I'm going to take you as my child because you've just done so well. That's what's being taught in this church, and that is exactly the opposite of what Paul taught them when he started this church. So what I want to do today is in this part of the letter where Paul is really revealing his heart more than we see in some of the other letters. Paul is kind of taking us behind the curtain. The, the theologian Paul, we're going to get to see him today with this, his pastor's heart, how much he loves these people. But also the theologian Paul is very perplexed as to why these people would so quickly go back to accept the lie. These influencers that are in this church, they hope to gain the attention of the people, to intentionally lead them in a different direction, and there's some profit for them built into it. There, there's something they're going to gain out of misleading this church. We'll see that in just a moment. So what I want to do this morning is I want to help you to identify these influencers, what their goals are, what they're trying to do, the actions that they take. It won't be comprehensive because what we see here in Galatians 4, it's just a few things. But Paul reveals not only his own heart, but he reveals the heart of those false teachers that have crept into this church. And what's amazing is, is those characteristics are just as true today as they were in his day. We have technology, we have a kind of a different culture, but the issues are exactly the same. So the first characteristic of these false influencers that I want you to see is that they will urge you to return to bondage. They will urge you to go back. They will urge you to go back to the way you used to live. Notice what Paul says here in verse 8. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those by nature who are not God's. So Paul, in this letter, here's what he does. He says, Let's go back to when I first came to your city. So Paul, on his missionary journeys, makes his way into Asia Minor, the center. If you go back to your Bible maps, look at the center of your Bible map of Asia Minor, and you'll see Galatia and some other areas there. Paul makes his way into that area. His sole purpose is to share the gospel and to plant churches. And so when Paul goes into this area for the very first time, this is what he finds. Not much, much else what you would find in Asia Minor, the exact same thing, that the people there are worshiping false gods. All through Asia Minor, Minor and the Roman Empire, you have these tribal religions and tribal deities 
Some of them were worshiping Caesar. Some of them had their own tribal gods. Some of them had statues that they would worship. Some would worship nature and the sun and the moon and the stars. Some might worship a tree, but they were certainly worshiping false gods. So when Paul goes in, he finds them, well, committing idolatry. He says, formerly, notice that word, formerly. So what this says is, is that these people that he's writing to, they were once caught in idolatry. Paul goes in, he proclaims the gospel. They put their faith in Jesus, and now they were formerly idolaters. Now they are disciples of Jesus. He says, so formerly, when you didn't know God, you were enslaved. He says, just, so, just make sure you understand that, that when you were following those false gods, you were enslaved to those gods. Idols always enslave you. It doesn't matter if it's methamphetamine. It doesn't matter if it's alcohol. It doesn't matter if it's lust. If those are the things you are running after, they will enslave you. You think you have control over them, they actually control you. See, that's the great lie that Satan tells. He tells it well, and he tells it consistently. Somehow you have control when in fact you don't. So Paul says, you were enslaved to these things you thought were gods, but were not gods at all. Verse 9, but now, okay, this is Paul saying you were once that, but now you're this. Now you were followers of Jesus. You came to know God. God came to know you. In other words, he's talking about that moment of justification. He's talking about that moment where, where God adopted them that we talked about last week, adopted them as sons and daughters. And here, here's the question. How can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to become once more? That's a powerful question. This is what's perplexing Paul. Paul goes in, proclaims the gospel to this church. They are transformed. Their lives are transformed by the gospel. But now all of a sudden they're wanting to go back to slavery. Now what Paul is saying is that even within their pagan religion, even within their idolatry, Every religion of the world has the same kind of structure to it in that there are things you must do to earn the pleasure or earn the acceptance of whatever deity you're bowing down to, whether it be a statue, a stone, a sun. You look at world history, you look at, you look at religious history, and you find this all the time. That there's a, you have a, a system of religion. That system of religion requires things of, of human beings. If you don't do those things, then this God won't be pleased with you and he'll burn your crops to the ground or he'll destroy your family or he'll give you sickness. That's, that's how people lived in this idol tree. That as long as you pleased God, their gods, by doing things, then he accepted you. These false teachers in this church are trying to take them back into slavery. Those influencers that you come across online, and it may be something innocuous, it may be something that you just enjoy, some hobby, and eventually a video pops up, and, and the idea is, is to kind of to get you out of the focus of your faith in Christ and get your focus on something in your past. It's amazing how that oftentimes we can look at our past before we came to faith in Christ, and we can look at it as though, well, we we're missing something. <laughs> the church that I grew up in, Oftentimes they would have, when I was a kid, they'd have services that were testimony services. And people would get up and share a testimony about what Christ has done in their life. And I don't know if you've ever heard a testimony like this, but sometimes the testimony spends eight minutes of the ten minutes talking about how great their life was before they met Christ. Oh, man, I was back there and I was partying. I was living it up. And I'm sitting there thinking, even as a 12-year-old. So this is a testimony about the goodness of Christ, yet it seems like what you're most enthralled with is how you used to live. 
You ever heard a testimony like that? It could creep into our thinking that somehow something back there is better than, than what Christ is in our life now. And these, these false teachers, they're trying to take them back to slavery, trying to take them back to the legalistic practices even that they did in their idolatry. They're coming in there saying, no, 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 Jesus is not enough. The gospel is not enough. You've got to keep the law. And if you keep the law, then God will be pleased with you and he'll accept you. That's exactly what they practiced in idolatry. No different. These false influencers will, will try to urge you to go back to some old lifestyle. Try to urge you to go back and practice something you practiced before you met Christ. Try to urge you to go back and engage in some ungodly lifestyle that you know brought no honor to him and brought damage to you. But these videos, they're having so much fun. These, these people are beautiful people and they have lots of money and certainly they must know what's best for me. False influencers. I have friends that are, that are pilots. I've always been enthralled with planes. Never wanted to get my pilot license, but I've all, I love to fly. It doesn't matter if it's a plane, a helicopter, a hot air balloon. It doesn't matter. I love it. There's something I've always just been enthralling about. If you take me to an airport, I'm like a kid. I'll go over to the window. Once I find my gate, I'll go to the window, and here's what I'll do. I'll watch these planes take off and land. I just think it's incredible. An incredible feat of engineering that this massive piece of, of metal and technology with hundreds of people on it and all their luggage can, can go down a runway and actually take flight and fly it to 30,000 feet. I'm just, it just blows me away. I've got friends who are pilots and they've told me about this condition. They learn when they're in pilot school and training to be a pilot that there's this condition where you think in a plane, you think that you're flying level or maybe that you're flying, gaining elevation. Maybe because of a storm or you can't see the horizon, there's this condition. I can't remember what they call it, but you can actually be flying towards the ground all the while thinking you're flying level or increasing in altitude. And they become disoriented, and they look at their gauges and their altimeter. There's just right there. It's telling them that their plane is going down, yet in their mind they say, oh, no, the gauge must be wrong. And so they continue to fly while they think the plane is level, that everything is okay. In fact, the plane is plunging to the ground. And influencers, false influencers, they will convince you that the way you're flying, the direction you're going is good. They, they, will, they will try to convince you that what they're trying to, to convince you of in your worldview, that, that this is the right way to go, that this, this is what everybody else is doing and and everybody's happy and enjoyed. You need, to, you need to cast off some of your Christianity. You need to cast aside this book, this old book that's full of stories. And you saw some TikTok video that you scrolled up, and it's just 30 seconds of a person who is condemning Christians and condemning Christianity and condemning people who would believe what they believe to be fables. And make no mistake about it, it has an effect on you. They're trying to influence you. And could it be that you're consuming all of this content and you think that your walk with Christ is where it needs to be when in fact there's all kinds of gauges on the inside of you that are saying, pull up, change course. God has given us the Holy Spirit living in us and that Holy Spirit has as his job 
to throw flags in our life to say this is not right. It might be your marriage. It might be your home life. It might be your job. It might be your anger. It might be your lust. I don't know what it is. But all those things, there are alarms going off all over your dashboard that are telling you that you are going towards the ground, yet the people you're listening to online are saying, no, you're fine. You're fine. I'm fine. We're all fine. Parents, be very careful. Be very careful who you're allowing to influence your kids. The second indication you might have a false influencer is these influencers will make enemies out of the ones who actually do love you. They will, the people who are in your life who actually love you, they will turn into enemies. Notice what happens. Pick it up in verse 12. He says, brothers, I entreat you to become as I am, for I also have become as you are. Paul says, look, I was once a, a person who was completely steeped in the law. I found, I came to faith in Christ, and I came from, from, from that life of bondage and slavery to freedom. You have found the way out, so you have been set free from slavery. Verse 13, he says, you know it was because of bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you at first. And then my condition was a trial to you. You did not scorn or despise me. So, so Paul gives a little bit of uh, behind the curtain scenes here of what was going on with him. And so when he comes into Asia Minor in the area of Galatia for the first time, he is very sick. We don't know what. We don't know exactly what it was. But apparently, based on what we see here, that that whatever it was, it had changed how he looked. He was, he was a man that was ragged and torn by whatever condition this was. And so that when you saw Paul, you saw a man who was very, very ill. And these people who were, even at that point, idolaters, people who were giving themselves to all kinds of pagan deities, they take Paul in. They accept him. They love him. And then Paul, as he's there and he's sick, he's very sick, he's proclaiming the gospel. People are coming to faith, and they begin to love him. They begin to take care of him. Uh, they said that though my condition was a trial to you, in other words, whatever it was, whatever sickness he had, it, it was hard to treat, and they were doing their best to take care of Paul. And no doubt they're telling Paul, hey, Paul, you need bed rest, but Paul is proclaiming the gospel. He will not quit ministering, but they received him as an angel of God, even as they received Christ Jesus. But I want you to notice verse 15, and this is profound. And I think this is not Paul the theologian. This is Paul the pastor speaking right here at verse 15. He says, what then has become of your blessedness? What changed? This is what's perplexing Paul. Paul, who loved these people as his own children, he says, how is it that we could have such a close relationship? How is it that we could be so close, and yet one group of people come in in a very short period of time? By the time Paul writes this letter, it's been less than a year that's passed since he was there and got the church started. So in very short order, these people have crept into the church and misled the church to the point to where they're no longer looking at Paul as a father of the faith. They're no longer looking at Paul as a brother, someone they love. They're now looking at Paul with mistrust and even anger. He goes on to say here, he says, that when he was with them, he said, you would have gouged out your eyes and given them to me. That's a, man, that's a strong powerful statement. There was such love between Paul and these people as they came to faith in Christ that they, they would have harmed themselves to help Paul. That's how much they loved him. Notice what he says next. Verse 16, have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? That's not Paul the theologian. That's Paul the pastor and his heart's breaking over what's happening in this church. False influencers 
false teachers, what they will do, and they're very good at it, they will drive a wedge between you and the very person who's trying to tell you the truth out of love. It seems like every month, even multiple times a month, I hear these kinds of stories. A parent who has an 11-year-old, 12-year-old who's online and maybe playing video games online and through that online game platform, they're chatting with other people and the people are in the game playing and they're all playing this game together. And the next thing you know, there's, there's one person in the game that, this, that your preteen thinks is another adult is, or another child or another preteen is actually an adult posing as a, as a teen. And the next thing you know, a conversation starts outside of the game, maybe on another social media platform. And what this is, is it's an actually an adult posing as a kid. You see, they're nefarious. They're liars. And they have ulterior motives in trying to get your child's attention on this platform. So the next thing you know, this teenager or preteen begins to have conversations on another platform with this person, only to find out that this person may not be a teenager, but they keep all this to themselves. You know why they keep it to themselves? It's because the one who's influenced them says, now don't tell your parents about this. They wouldn't understand. That parent that has raised this child, this parent that has taken care of this child for years and years, now all of a sudden, because of someone outside the home on an online platform, is telling your child that your parents wouldn't understand this relationship. Your parents wouldn't understand us talking. Your parents wouldn't understand. So you've got to keep this secret. And little by little, time by moment by moment, what happens is this kid begins to see their parents as someone they can't trust anymore, so they don't share any of this with anybody. And then one day, the person online says, hey, can we meet up somewhere? That's what false liars and influencers do. They turn people against the very ones who are trying to love them and tell them the truth. Paul's trying to tell them the truth. Paul's trying to tell them that the bridge is out. Paul's trying to tell them that the road they're on is going to bring destruction into their life. All the while, these people who once loved Paul, these people who once trusted Paul, these people who once would give their life to help Paul are now looking at Paul going, I don't think we can trust him. And this all happened in very short order. You see, false influencers make enemies out of those, of, the, of those who actually love you. Don't have this in my notes, but kids, let me just speak to you a minute because we've got several in here. Teenagers, we've got several in here. Let me just ask you this question. Is there anything online you're hiding from your parents right now? Anything in the history file right now that you can think of that you wish you had deleted? Parents, let me ask you a question. Are you looking at it? Do you know how? Pastor Paul will be glad to help you to navigate. I'm not the guy, trust me. I know how to do it for my kids, but I know what my kids are involved in, so I know how to take care of that. But listen, parents, are you the gatekeeper? Are you keeping an eye on things? And you've got to be diligent with this. Kids, are you having conversations online that you're trying to keep secret from your parents? If so, let me just tell you, why all of a sudden, I'll ask you the same question that Paul asked this church, why all of a sudden is your parent the enemy when they have given everything in their life to love you and take care of you? Why, why now, other than this one influencer, this one liar who's got into your life, how is it now that that parent who's loved you, taken care of you your entire life, how is it now that they're the enemy, something's wrong, and you know it? The gauges are going off. The altimeter, altimeter in your life is saying that something is wrong. You better pay attention to that. 
False influencers not only do they want to take you back to your past and put you in bondage, and not only do they want to turn your loved ones into enemies, these influencers want to manipulate and dominate. So, so what do they have to gain, right? What, what, what do these Judaizers, these, these Jewish people inside the church who are undermining the gospel, what do they have to gain from this? Let's look at verse 17. He says, Paul says, they make much of you, but for no good purpose. They celebrate you for a season. They tell you how great you are. They tell you how awesome you are. And they, they, they get into your life. And it just seems like these are the best people ever. Maybe they're meeting some needs in your life. Maybe they're telling you what you want to hear. Maybe they're telling you that that old life may be the best place to go and spend your time now. They're telling you exactly what you want to hear. How could they be wrong? Paul says... Paul says, these manipulators, he says what they will do, they will creep in, and he says, they will make much of you. They'll put you on a platform. They'll celebrate you. And boy, that gets our attention really quick. But then notice what happens. Paul says, then what will happen is just understand that what they're doing is for no good purpose. There's no good outcome here. There, there, there's no good outcome of them stroking your ego. He says that, they will then shut you out so that then they can be made much of. What is the goal here? And, and you're going to be surprised. You're thinking, you know, there's going to be some devious, deep, dark secret that's really complicated to understand. No, it is simply this easy. These Judaizers, these people dividing this church, you know what they wanted more than anything else? They wanted to be applauded. It was pride. It was pride. They, they simply did not want to share the spotlight with Paul. So they're going to make much of the people to manipulate them. And then when they have the people's trust, they're going to take advantage of them. What's the purpose? So that those people will then applaud them rather than Paul. How do we translate that in today's idea? Well, how many likes are people getting? How many followers do I have? How many people are watching my videos? It is absolutely, listen folks, I am convinced that our current culture is a culture of absolute narcissism. We are all looking at ourselves in the mirror, talking about how great we are, when in fact, much of the influencers that are trying to get our attention and change our worldview have nefarious purposes. And what is that purpose? I wish it was something more profound. It is simply for them to get money, gain fame, get more likes, get more people to follow them on TikTok or wherever so that they can climb the ladder of success and make no mistake about it, they will crawl all over you to get there. They do not love you. They do not care about you. They only want to manipulate and use you and then dominate you for their own purposes. That's why we have to be extremely careful that what we let into our life, that we think it's just innocuous, we think it's no big deal, could actually, in fact, be influencing us. These influencers want to manipulate and nominate. Notice what he says. He says that they are going to influence you. They want to manipulate you, and then they want to dominate you. Look at verse 18. It is always good to be made up for, such a, good, for a good purpose. Paul says, look, I'm not against being zealous. I'm not, I'm not against being um, uh, all in on something. I'm not against that as long as what you are giving your life to matters. A good purpose. Paul says that it is good for them to be zealous even when he's not around. But listen, 
Zeal, zeal, passion without truth is dangerous. Zeal and passion that's not grounded in absolute truth will take you down a very dangerous path. This church, they're in a place now where they're looking at someone they once loved and they're looking at him as an enemy and it breaks Paul's heart. These false teachers are eager to win your favor, but their intentions are not good. They will isolate you from those who speak truth in your life. They will turn them into an enemy. They will demand your full attention and they will produce whatever content they need to to keep you, from, keep you doing this. Five minutes turns in to 30 minutes. 30 minutes turns into two hours. Two hours turns into five hours. Five hours turns into 10 hours. Parents, can we all just agree that looking at a screen for four, five, eight, and 10 hours a day is not healthy no matter what they're looking at? Or maybe I'm the only one in the room that thinks that. Are we on the same page here? Can we all agree, parents? Give me some kind of notification. Are we in agreement, parents, that looking at a screen, allowing people that you don't even know to speak truth into your kid's life, get this, your kids spend more time there than they do in our student ministry. Your kids spend more time online than they do in our children's ministry. You spend more time on social media than you do in this service. And I don't know all your lives, but it may be that we're spending more time on social media than we are in God's Word and prayer. Lord, help us. And then we wonder, why is our life going off the rails? It's simply a matter of time. The stuff is not innocent. It has as its purpose to influence your worldview. You ever wonder why all of a sudden you're scrolling through that favorite content of hobbies that you like, and it's all just pretty basic stuff, and all of a sudden there's a video that shows up speaking against the very faith you believe. Why, why is that? Why is all of a sudden that's in there because of influence? There's enough of a profile online to know that you, you've posted some Bible verses, you've posted some prayers. That profile knows that you have some kind of affiliation with Christianity. There are those online who very much intentionally want to mislead you away from that. And it starts very young. Parents, be on the wall. Be diligent. Be involved. Paul is then going to contrast his life with the life of these false influencers. He doesn't do it intentionally. But, but, it, but, but talking about his love for this church immediately tells us that Paul's influence in their life is for good. Notice what he says, verse 18. I'm sorry. Yeah, verse, verse 19. Notice this, he says, my little children, these Judaizers would have never called this church their children. They didn't care about them the way Paul did. They're simply using them as a means to an end. Paul says, my little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Paul was not there to build a mega church. Paul wasn't there to put a sign up of lights to point to him about how great he is. Paul came in humility to this church. He came in brokenness. He came in sickness. And even in spite of that sickness, he was willing to tell them the truth because it was so important that they understood that their pagan idolatry was going to lead them to hell and that faith in Jesus was the only thing that could transform their life. So Paul, even in the middle of his sickness, is willing to do that. He approached them with humility, not to build himself up, but that they find out, might find out what the truth really is. The false teachers were driven by pride and arrogance. Paul, driven by humility and simply love for the people. Paul, Paul's desire is that they come like, become like Christ. The influencers want you to become like them. 
They want you to dress like them and talk like them and believe like them. They want you to change your worldview and give up this whole Christianity idea, give up this, this old religion that is filled with fables and truths, mistruths and lies. They want you to walk away from that and believe them. And they'll put all the 30-second TikTok videos they need to do to get you to continue to watch. Paul said the reason he was there is that they might grow up in Christ, to be the Christ would be formed in them. He's willing to tell them the truth even when it hurts. When that influencer begins to drive that wedge between you and the people who love you, what happens is, is the people who are willing to tell you the truth, the people who are willing to tell you that the road you're on is out, grow silent in your ears. And that's exactly where these influencers want this to go. For this church, they didn't want them, they didn't want this church listening to Paul. That's why Paul has made this argument over and over again. He's went around and around showing about justification and adoption, how that the law can never bring that into your life. But here in this latter part of chapter 4, Paul reveals his broken heart over this church. And he says, I am perplexed because I can't understand why you would surrender your freedom and go back to slavery. Simply because some people are making much of you. Paul's willing to tell them the truth. Listen, true love, true love for another human being expresses itself in, yes, compassion, gentleness, kindness, self-control, those things. And inside of a marriage, um, the Bible says that the husband's laid down his life as Christ laid down his life for the church, that the, the wife is to honor and respect her husband. All those things are built into what a marriage is supposed to look like. But listen, one of the fundamentals of love, what is true love is when someone in your life is willing to tell you the hard things, the things that are going to make you upset, the things that are going to bother you, the things that challenge you. Someone who loves you is willing to tell you that. Listen, if you are driving down a road, this is an analogy. If you're driving down a road of life and that, that road you're on, the choices you're making, the bridge is out. It is not love to stand on the side of the road and tell you you just do what you feel. That's not love. It's something, but it's not love. Love is being willing to step into the road, put your hands up and say, look, the direction you're going is going to bring destruction to your life, and I have to tell you this because I love you. How can you tell the voices, the, 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 vo the false voices from the true voices, the ones who love you, the ones who know you, the ones who are trying to guide you, those people are the ones you need to be listening to. That dude online that you've never met before, can we all just agree he doesn't care a thing for you, no matter what he's saying? And, and, and if he says that he is and he doesn't know you, there's got to be some kind of nefarious plan that he's, we've we got to shut that down? That's, that's unhealthy? Paul came to them in love. Paul came to them to help them to grow in Christ. Paul came to them to point them to Christ, not to himself. He was willing to tell them the truth. An airline pilot gets on the intercom in a plane full of people, and he makes an announcement. He says, over the intercom, he says, we have, I have good news and I have bad news. It's probably not the best way to approach that, but nonetheless, this is what he did. He says, the bad news is, is that we've lost all of our navigation systems, and we've been flying aimlessly for the last two hours, and we have no idea where we are. We have no idea where we're going. That's the bad news. 
But the good news is, is we're making really good time. Y'all got that better than first service did. Uh, listen, if you're on the wrong track, it doesn't matter how fast or slow. If the bridge is out, the bridge is out. And there are people in your life online right now. You may have never met them. You don't know them, but you're scrolling their videos every day who have their, has their goal to influence your worldview and get you to believe what they believe. And they will do it through music. They'll do it through video. They'll do it through uh, nice dresses and nice clothes and a wealthy lifestyle. And it makes it seem as though they seem to have all the answers. And the next thing you know, they become the voice of truth in your life. And can I just tell you, the bridge is out. The beautiful thing about God's grace is that he allows a course correction. As a matter of fact, he may already be convicting you about the course you're on. There are alarm bells going off on the inside of you. They're saying that the life you're living is, is bringing destruction into your life. There's all kinds of alarm bells going off. And look, in that moment, just like the pilot, we can ignore the altimeter that says we're plunging into the ground. Well, if you do, you do so at your own risk. And by the way, don't blame anybody else for that. If you're making the choices, you own them. Okay? Own them, adults. If you're making the choices, own them. But listen, if, if, if you're ready for a course change, God's grace is more than willing. That's what grace is. There, there's, a, there's a word in the New Testament for course change. You know what it is? It's repent. That's what repent means. A course change. I'm on this course, but I see where it's leading. I do not. I do not want to go down this path. So God, I surrender all to you. I surrender it all. I turn my life back in the direction you'd have me go. I don't know who's influenced you, but I guarantee you there's somebody who is. It's either impacting you, you're listening to it and it's changing your life, or you've got the tools in your life to recognize it for what it is. Where are you today? Are the influencers changing who you are and who you believe? And if so, it's time for a course change. Thank you for tuning in to this week's sermon. For more information about Hyde Park Baptist Church, please check out our website, hydepark.church, or on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Hyde.